What's up, y'all? My name is Ian Edwards, and welcome to the Soccer Comic Rant. And uh, on this episode, we're going to talk about Manchester United beating Barcelona at Old Trafford. Critical game. Only one team was going to go through. It's a Europa League match, but it had a fucking Champions League atmosphere, and it was the real deal. And some of the people who came through and helped United out uh, were some of the, not the main characters, you know? So we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about Liverpool's collapse at home in, you know, to Real Madrid after going up 2 nothing, unbelievable. But I have some stats to show that the, the, the result wasn't that bad. The score was horrendous, but the results are not that bad. And then we're going to talk about Man City, uh, who seem to be in full control against Leipzig in their Champions League match, and then end up drawing 1-1 after Leipzig turned it on in the second half. And uh, we're going to talk about Chelsea, because Martin wants to trash Chelsea. And speaking of Martin, he's right here. Uh, what's up, fam? Martin's hey, the actor. Big day for you. Congrats. I mean, you know, it's no big deal. It's what, it's what we do, baby. <laughs> it's what we do. So uh, let's let's get into it. Let's talk about this game. And uh, I, I might have talked about why this game, it's a Europa League game, but there's reasons why it's special. The reason why it's special is because Barcelona is at the top of the La Liga table. They're ahead of the current uh, Champions League champs and La Liga champs. Real Madrid by eight points and their defense has improved. They've got their old player who won the Champions League with them four times and multiple league titles with them. Xavi as their coach and their team is on the right path on the pitch, probably not financially and legally because there's like all kinds of shit going on with them bribing referees and that stuff that we may or may not talk about, but it, it, it takes the level of this Europa League match up a notch. And then you got we got Manchester United who are in their ascendancy right now. Over the years, even if they've been third or came in second or in the table or even third or got a Champions League spot, we knew there was something missing and that maybe the coach wasn't right to take us to the next level or the players weren't. But now we have those things in places and we have victories over legit teams, not just teams that we should be, but legit teams to like legitimize our status as third in the table. So a clash between two teams with this, these type of ingredients is a legit crash. You know what I'm saying? A clash. So, you know, the first leg was 2-2 at the new Camp. And this is the second leg at Old Trafford. And, you know, there's this love affair going on between, and it's weird. Like, last season and the last few seasons, there was a divorce between the Manchester United players and the fans. And I'd go on all the fan sites, YouTube channels, and people and fans hated these players. Some of them they liked, but most of them they hated. And they were written off by these fans. 
And let me just tell you something. Like, the love that these fans have for these players right now, some of these same players that they've written off, it's just beautiful for me to watch an experience. It's almost like watching a divorced couple get back together and like have some therapy. You know, Ten Hag is a therapist. You know, he mediated between the fans and the players. And like, what's your, what, what's, why, why don't you like them? And, and what do you think you could do more to make them like you? And like, let's work this out. And he's been a great therapist. He's coached these players and he also talks to fans. And in a press conference before the game, he's like, come out, let's hear your voice. You know, we need you. And the fans are like, hell yeah, fam, we'll be there, Ten Hag, in full voice. And they created an atmosphere that it was impossible for Barcelona to win in this game. And it was also impossible because Barcelona were missing three of their key pairs, Dembele, Gabby and Pedri. If they'd been there, it might have been really harder and they might have like stole it. So you got to give Barcelona credit for not having those players. But United have had injuries all season two and we've had to handle our business. We played them at the new camp, I think, without Casemiro. And uh, we don't have Martial. We don't always have, have uh, Sancho. And Anthony has been injured too. He wasn't there at the first game. So it's all a trade-off. And uh, we, this game started out intense. The crowd was in full voice. I just, again, shout out to the United fans for just bringing it. We just, I just, it's just like I was watching this at home 6,000 miles away and I felt like I was there. That's how much the United fans brought it. And that's how much the fans, the players on the field felt it. And, uh, you know, we got some of the first chances in the game and then uh, the game got a little scrappy because Barcelona presents its own challenges. There were players on the team for United that didn't look great in the first half, that you that were nominating themselves to be substituted in the second half, like Fred, for example. Fred, terrible first half, like worst player of the match, first half. Second half, player of the match Jekyll and Hyde dude like was like just couldn't get his passes together and didn't get all his tackles together was trying too hard and then it probably wasn't until he got the card that he calmed down and was like I can't just be reckless like this anymore with the, the aspect of my game that which is the good part of my game of tackling I gotta like at least just cover people uh Bruno made a mistake when uh when he grabbed Baldi in the penalty box, Balde in the penalty box. And Baldi's a good young left back for Barcelona. That's going to be great for them for years to come. And he sauteed Bruno a few times in that first half, which led to, I guess, Bruno panicking and pulling him down in the box. And they get a penalty. And Lewandowski steps up, takes the pen out. And to David De Gea's defense, he almost saved that shit. Like he got his hand to it, so which I hope is an indication that the gear is getting better at taking or keeping penalties out the back of the net because Lewandowski is a legendary scorer, one of the best in the world for over a decade, mm-hmm. and to put a hand on one of his penalties is no small feat. And uh, the gear also messed up a little bit in the game too. 
like with some back passes. It wasn't his best, but then he did have his moment later on when he saved Kunde's header when Kunde jumped over Sancho in the second half and put his head to the ball and you know De Gea had to push it over the over the net. So kudos to that. But some bad back passing. I don't. I, the, the the back pass that he made that ended up in the clutches of the Barcelona players that Casemiro and Martinez and Varane saved and blocked those shots. It, it was also a rare bad back pass from Martinez. It wasn't the greatest back pass, so I, I wouldn't put that all on the gear. You know, it was almost like Martinez made a Maguire back pass. That's one of them Maguire back passes. It's like, come on, turn around, get that ball out of there. But uh, yeah, so we we didn't give up a goal there. And in the second half, Ten Hag made some changes. Uh, he got Weghorst out because I don't think Weghorst was pressuring enough. Like it's like a slow kind of pressure. Like he just needs to be faster. I don't think he is faster. I know people can acclimate to a league and get faster once they figure out how to do it, but Weghorst is not always doing that right now. So they made move Rashford to the nine, Sancho to the left. They put Bruno was on the right, which I think he was already over there. And then what else did he do? I think that was about it for the changes and shit changed immediately. And uh, Fred scored the first goal to get us back in this game. And uh, it was, that's almost pretty much a world-class goal. And I watched it over and over, and it looked like one of those goals that Fred's been practicing. Like, say there's 10 types of goals of, of somebody can score. Fred has been practicing goal type number one, number three, and that was number eight. Like, the way he got that so correct, controlled it so comfortably in tight space with a man on him. I think Jiyong was on him trying to prevent him from taking a shot and put it in. He was like, oh, he's been practicing that, you know? And Fred has five goals now this season for Man United. I don't think he's had five goals his entire career, like, in at United. And he scored an unlikely goal and ties us back in the game. Uh, Barcelona put some more pressure on they. They start trying to come back a little bit. We make some subs. Uh, we get Sancho out of there. We bring Anthony on. Anthony, I think, was on in the at the beginning of the second half anyway. And we bring Garnacho on for Sancho. And, you know, kudos to Luke Shaw for not giving up on that play. When the ball was going out, he backheeled it. Bruno got it. And then it. Bruno didn't just wildly cross it across the net. He picked out Garnacho, who takes a shot. The defender blocks it. It goes to Fred. He takes a turn. Defender blocks it. It bounces to Anthony, who had taken a shot like this earlier. And like I said to you, Martin, like say there's like 10 types of goals that somebody can score. Uh, uh, Anthony's type of goal is number seven it, it, that that crossed the goal far corner in the back that's that's the type of goal he scored it's the only type of goal he scored and the number seven type of goal ball came to him bam back of the net and i gotta be honest we're playing barcelona at home 
And I know Barcelona had those injuries, so that gave me confidence. But even though we went down one nothing, like I didn't panic. I didn't panic. And that's how different this United team is. They're like in this year alone, they've changed so much. Like last year, I would have been Barcelona, we're down one, game over. This time, I could watch this game with us being one down with no panic, with full confidence that we get back into this. And that's how much Ten Hag and the boys and the fans have all like revolutionized our relationship with each other and our style of play. And now we've, this is a meaningless game that meant so much because it feels like we won something. If there was ever going to be, like this should have been the final of the Europa League, but it's just one meaningless stage that the UEFA committee added. So we had to go through it. But again, you know, when you look at it in a, in a macro sense, this game means nothing, but in a micro sense, but maybe even in a macro sense, it's like to beat Barcelona and add that to your resume for the year gives you so much confidence going forward. And then this weekend, we got to play Newcastle for the Caribou Cup final. And, you know, hopefully the boys will bring it again three days, four days later, three and a half days later with hardly any rest. But yeah, man, Bruno, like just, you know, it doesn't make the best play every time, but he's always fucking working. You got to give him credit for that. The fact that, and just one more thing, the fact that when in the second half, when Sancho was on the field, Rashford was on the field, Bruno was on the field, Anthony was on the field, like just our attackers. I was like, we got so much talent out there. It is amazing the talent that we got out there. And even though we're difficult to beat, which is fantastic, and it's not always champagne football, imagine one year from now when these players are more used to each other, when these people know Ten Hag's system more. This is going to be some of the best football you've ever witnessed in your life. Plus, we have the grittiness and the toughness of Martinez and Varane and Shaw. Like, like one of the hardest tackles Martinez did today was after Varane blocked that shot by Lewandowski after he'd beaten De Gea and it was going to go in the goal and Varane stopped it. But also behind Varane was sure to stop it if he didn't stop it. And the way Martinez grabbed Varane in celebration, that was his... But that's the type of team we got right now, fam. So I don't know if you saw the game, but what do you think? Well, that, that, was a, that was a very impressive monologue, yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. You know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you. Here's what I think, you know. Like, I was thinking uh, about it on my way here and um, a couple of things. First of all, yeah, I agree with you. Both Man U and Barcelona are now the Europa League teams at, at the moment. They're both Champions League teams. Barcelona yeah. and U will be in the Champions League next year and they'll be uh, playing for, for winning it, both teams. Uh, the both teams are stacked, have a lot of talent. Both teams uh, bought well. Both teams bought well in different circumstances. I would say Barcelona more controversial, for sure. Uh, but both teams really improved over, over the last uh, year, year, half of a year, and are much better teams than they were uh, previous season. Uh, both have managers on the come up. 
And I think that was a very interesting kind of balance of power. Uh, interesting wrinkle, uh, Barcelona officials, Barcelona presidents were the ones attacking Premier League teams for uh, buying too many players, creating unfair competition by, uh, by outspending everybody else pretty much in the world. They were the ones actually talking about it, but they, they themselves uh, spent uh, as much or, you know, around as much money as, as the Premier League team. So that's kind of a little bit ironic. So the team, so, so this game had a lot of additional, additional flavor. Uh, second thing for me, menu at the moment is anti-Chelsea. Uh, in a way, you conduct business because you bought strategically, you bought well, you filled the gaps with the right people. Uh, maybe the Vecor's position still can be upgraded over the summer, maybe, you know, potentially. But I think you didn't have any, any uh, uh, really bad buys where in the past, in the last 10 years, there have been plenty of those. And I think you got rid of two players who were uh, playing slightly below expectations or maybe were not in the best moment of their careers in Pogba and Ronaldo. And I think also releasing those two guys who were, I think, complacent in the in the locker room that also cleared uh, cleared the atmosphere and allowed younger players to step up, especially Rashford, who since Ronaldo left, he's a different player. But I also think that uh, since Pogba left, I think the midfield is much better right now uh, in terms of cohesiveness. So yeah, Manu, Manu is very impressive. Ten Hag, uh, as you remember, started with two losses, back-to-back -back losses in the first two games of the season. So of course you can speculate if, if you won those games, you would be now probably the favorites to win the title in the league. Uh, and you can still win the league. It's still possible. It's not impossible. But mm -hmm. uh, but this this win definitely gives you guys uh, something to build on. This could be one of those games that people will come back to and, and think this is how you know, the, the, the team took another huge leap forward and it could be one of those games, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you know, I have mixed feelings about Pogba because I was like, I keep thinking sometimes, suppose he was here. Like, if Ten Hag turned players who the fans wrote off, like Juan Bissaka into a player, lot into a player, Fred, like, like I still don't 100%, I believe in him as far as him being a squad player. But as far as him being, being like a, a starter, I don't. But then he does stuff like he did today. Like in the last three games, he's had like terrible first half, but then two assists because he had an assist for us against Barcelona at the new camp. And that's in the new camp. He had an assist uh, for us against Leicester this weekend. And then he just scored a goal. You know what I mean? And then he has so many tackles today. It, it, it's like, he was just winning them in the second half. He just made up for every mistake that he made in like his career at Manchester United in just the second half of this game today. So, and then, so when you talk about like, you just mentioned like we had some bad buys, right? Because mm -hmm. when, you, when you say that, Fred could have been one of those bad buys you mentioned. Like, and so would have. Who else would you consider have been a bad buy? Like from uh, I mean, Mag Maguire is not a great buy considering the money you spent for him. He's he's the only like permanent so far bad buy. Like, but but Lindelof, when you play Lindelof next to Martinez or Varane, it's another class. And then Fred is coming through now and showing that he's a better player. So 
he might have we might have paid a little bit more than he was worth, but he's actually coming up to his value. Yeah, yeah, no, but, but me, right now, so, guys, so, I don't mean players who are on the team right now. I mean in the past, like people like Alexis Sanchez, like Di Maria, like uh, who else was uh, there were. But uh, Dima, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, know. those that's that's like way back. But even Di Maria, like it's not a he could have probably worked. Uh, who was the guy? Uh, Falcao, you know, those, those type of guys. You know, you've made some... some that, like, that was a loan. Yeah, that was a loan. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But there and, were and some we questionable a... signings where now I think it makes more sense. You know, like, it makes sense. Uh, Casemiro makes sense. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, who else? I agree with all that. Yeah, the, the guys that you have right now, they make sense. The, Martinez yeah. makes sense. You know, Malasia yeah. makes sense. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, as far as Martinez is concerned, like, when we were trying to buy him, uh, Ajax kept on raising the price. And we were like, oh, you're ripping us off. But the way he plays now, we ripped you off. You should have still asked for more. Because if this guy, if anybody's worth more money, it's that guy. So thank you for thinking you ripped us off, Ajax. We ripped you off. Because this yeah, guy is a baller. And, and his price went up automatically after winning the World Cup. I mean, that's something that... Shit, we we could sell him for Kuna Bali money <laughs> right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Anybody would take in Tottenham. We we can sell Romero for much more because he won the World Cup and and he already played in the Premier League. I think we can sell him for much more than we paid for him for sure. I I, I would hate to be the fan of the team who falls for that trick. Someone who yeah, I I wouldn't want to be a fan of that team who falls for that overpriced up. Uh, up Price marked up Romero. I don't. I don't believe in him like that. I know he won a World Cup. I know is a Scalini played him, so it's not like he, it was an. He was just there on the bench. He actually played, mm -hmm. and he he put in his time, put in in work, and won his medal. But you know, I don't know, but man. Even, not, but Ian, even the guys from the bench, you know, like the whole MLS campaign right now to. For the new season is that there is the for the first time ever there is an uh, actual world champion uh on the mls team the guy who was with atlanta right and he didn't he played only one game in the world cup but he's the first one in the history who won the world cup while playing for the mls team so obviously they're marketing hold, the fact that he did and hold, hold people, up people so like there's an argentinian that plays for who atlanta united what was his name uh let me find out he played only one game though in the world cup uh he played. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think Hugo Almeida. Let me check. Argentinian Atlanta United. But MLS are uh, promoting, you know, Thiago Almada. Thiago Almada. And where did he play before? The, did he just get to the MLS or he'd been in the MLS? I think he played Argentina before that. Uh, he played... Let me see. Thiago Almada. Is he young? He's quite young, yeah. I think he'll come oh, okay. to you eventually. Tiago Almada, he played, he's 21 years old. He played oh, for okay. Vélez Sarsfield. Uh, he played for Vélez Sarsfield and he played one game trying to figure it out. Uh, which one? Yeah, but he, he played one game, I think, in the group stages. Okay, good for him. All right, good for him and good for the MLS. Uh, yeah, you got to market it. Yeah, 20, 20 years old, 21 years old. So he'll definitely end up in Europe at some point. But they are marketing him and, and because it's the first time that it happened. 
of course, MLS had players who used to be on the on the on the World Cup team, like Cleberson, for example, came at the end of his career, right? right. Uh, and people like that. But that's the first time, or Thierry Henry. Uh, but that's the first time that yeah. he's an active uh, World Cup winner on the, on an MLS team. Uh, all right, all right. And after you say Atlanta, huh? yeah, he plays for Atlanta. Atlanta yeah. FC. Yeah. What is it Atlanta FC or Atlanta United? United, United. Atlanta United. All right, all right. Atlanta United. Well played. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to. I should be happy about this news too. Let's talk about Liverpool versus Real Madrid, or or whatever Liverpool thought they were doing against Real Madrid, because uh, it, it. What a crazy game! Like Liverpool has had a season that they could never imagine, especially after competing on four fronts for four titles last season and going to the final, all four finals, winning two. They won the two least uh, prominent ones and they missed out on the most prominent ones. And uh, there's no final for the Premier League title, but that last game (laughs) with watching them play a team and Man City play a team to see who was going to slip up almost felt like a final. So, but, but they, they won the Caribou Cup and the FA Cup and they lost to Real Madrid in the Champions League. And now this was like the rematch since then. And, and recently Liverpool and Real Madrid have had a recent history of like coming up against each other They've been against each other in three Champions League finals in the last four years or something like that, or maybe five or six, so, or maybe more. So, you know, Liverpool has had two wins in their last two Premier League games, one against Everton, and I think they beat Newcastle last weekend. And it's, all right, is Liverpool coming back? But I feel like there's something wrong with Liverpool. And 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 it has to do with their intensity in their midfield. But, but it, it, when they win two games and they're playing a Real Madrid who are not at the top of their league, and people feel like they're not as strong as they used to be, and plus they're still a year older, and you, you feel like Liverpool winning their last two games, going up against this type of a Real Madrid team, all right. Liverpool has a chance in this, as opposed to a few weeks ago. And the game starts off, Liverpool applying pressure, the fans at Anfield giving it all, singing, you know, you know, singing their songs and their chants and clap on the sideline. And you're like, okay, Liverpool. And then Liverpool scores the first game goal. And it wasn't just some regular goal. It was a pure class goal from Darwin Nunes, like cheeky as fuck, you know, something you try when you're 5-0 up, you're like, what do I have to lose? Puts the ball in the back of the net, styles on the the Real Madrid goalkeeper Courtois, gets the ball in the back of the net, and it's like, all right, let's see what else is going to happen. And then goalkeeper makes another mistake. Uh, He wants to pass the ball out, but while he's trying to pass the ball out, he has his eye on Salah who's applying pressure and he's looking at Salah more than he's looking at the ball. Ball hits his knee, bounces in front of Salah. Boom. 
Tyler puts it in the back of the net. Then you're like, this is this is over, right? You know, they're at Anfield, crowd singing. They just Liverpool just won their last two games. This is the revenge of the Champions League final, you know. And nah, that's not over. I think, uh, not I think, Real Madrid got both goals back before the half. <laughs> before the half, it's two two. Like Vinny, yeah, Vinny, 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 like, like, just finds a millimeter in between three defenders, far post, curves the ball around. One of the best goalkeepers in the world puts it in the back of the net, and then the next one was a ricochet goal, bad clearance. Both goalkeepers made big mistakes in this game for the second goal on each team. And ball bounces off Vinny from the bad clearance, goes in the back of the net. And it's 2-2. Anfield is like, oh, shit. You know? And then the second half was just a route. It was just a, a straight-up route. Uh, Real Madrid scored five goals in a row. It's pretty an embarrassing loss. Like, you know, Klopp, like, when, even when you're a winning coach, when you lose games, that many games in a season, like, it's tough to see someone who normally in press conferences is pretty confident because they just stacked up the wins. It's tough to see them, like, at a loss for words, clueless, with no answers. And it's, it's like, Klopp thing is, like, he's a motivational speaker, right? They need a clone of Klopp to motivate Klopp right now because Klopp is down. Like he, he did say something positive, like there was some positive things in the first half and we're going to go from there and use it. But I'm going to give you more positive Klopp about this game. Here's some weird there's shit. One particular po- there's one particular positive, you know, let me just throw it in. And I, and, I, I, and, I, and I got him uh, for my fantasy team, by the way, because I think he'll continue scoring. It's uh, Gakpo. I mean, Gakpo is, is the, the positive. That's, that's, that's a good reinforcement. That's the guy that is really playing well. But defensively, they're, you know, he said it. He said that defensively, they're terrible. And they're terrible. Yeah, part of the problem is that goddamn Real Madrid is world class. And yeah. I was admiring this one Real Madrid player during the game. Camavinga, right? I was and I think Modric was fantastic too. And Modric, Modric was fantastic. Yeah. But but Camavinga was fantastic because he's so young and you know I've had my eye on him since because you know he's a and one of the heir parents to like Pogba and Conte in the French midfield and uh in the World Cup final when France was down they put him on he, he played left back and played it very good and very effectively. And I watch Real Madrid games and check him out and he does it. You know, you could see him growing as a player. But in this game, Camavinga would get the ball and t- with his back to the opposition goal and was able to turn pretty much every time and pick out a pass. And I was like, you know, when we play football, like, Mm-hmm. And those guys press us how hard it is to turn. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't turn when nobody's on you because you just worry that somebody's on you. But Kamavinga turned every time. And then I started looking at the game overall. 
And I was like, is Camavinga this great or is Liverpool this poor that there is no pressure on this guy so that he can turn and dictate the game? And that was the problem with Liverpool, especially in the second half. Like, you can't let Camavinga have the room to turn like that or you're going to get destroyed. And that's exactly a major part of their problem. It's like they let Camavinga, like, pure, like a ballet dancer in the middle of the field the entire game and pick out passes on them. And then, like you said, Modric was good. And, uh, you know, Valverde, like, that's an energy monster. In the midfield, like, like I, I, I like what, uh, what Ancelotti's doing. He plays one of his old guys and throws in two of his young guys for the midfield like to, to, to get them ready to take over the complete job of the midfield. And then and there's this one. Go ahead. Yeah, and yes, let's not forget that also that's his uh, farewell tour because he's gonna take uh, the job uh, with Brazilian national team after this season, and uh, he wants to win the Champions League again. I mean, Real Madrid obviously are the most successful Champions League team of all time, and uh, he definitely wants to win the Champions League because he's not gonna win the league. I don't think he will. So, so I would say they will probably focus on this competition now. Is this a definite thing with him taking the, the Brazil job? Yeah, from what I'm hearing, it's definite, yeah. All right. I think you're the only unless, person. Unless he can do both, but I don't think I don't think that's possible. No, nah, I can't do both. But you're the only person I heard. Well, he's got so many Brazilians on Real Madrid. He actually could probably do both. <laughs> and just start that, yeah. And it's just, just like, yeah, we're just going to play Real Madrid for Brazil. Yeah. yeah. Uh, damn, there was something I wanted to say, but I can't really... Remember, I was talking about Camavinga balling, Benzema doing his thing, scoring. Uh, there's no pressure in the midfield. And, you know, now Liverpool has to go back and figure out this problem that they have that's been plaguing them all season again. Like, they made two steps forward, but this is a huge step backwards and getting beat 5-2. So, oh, this is what I wanted to say. So do you think this loss was really bad? For for Liverpool? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a horrible loss because they obviously uh, have nothing to play for in the Premier League right now. So if now they're out of Champions League, so pretty much the season is, is finished, the season is lost, that's it. You can only, now now if, if, if you're a club and you want to stay, although that's not 100% guaranteed, but because maybe he feels there is a burnout and he wants to maybe take a new challenge or take a year off or... But if he, let's say he continues with Liverpool, right? Uh, that's now the time to build the team for next year. So he might start playing completely different players. Uh, at least half of the team he might change and play different players because he's like, okay, those people will not be around for next year. So we'll 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 play we'll play the guys that will. You know, I think it's time probably for Salah to move on. I, he he seems disengaged to me, and he's not the same player this season for sure. It's he's you know because of his reputation because. Of what he has done in the previous, you know, five six years, uh, people uh, people don't like to criticize those those icons. They don't they don't like to point right. out that something is different, but it is different. It's not right. even close to be the same player as he once was. If that's what he was playing from day one for Liverpool, he would be gone just like he was gone from Chelsea. So <laughs> now with his reputation, obviously, he's the hero for Liverpool fans. But I think I think it's time for probably to move on and build on like Gakpo and those guys. You know, 
it's it's time for Liverpool to to and it looks like Darwin Nunes. I don't know, might not work out for him. Might be like another Andy Carroll case. Uh, Darwin Nunes, no, he's he scored. He scored one he, goal, but overall he missed so many chances. I, I actually am friends with a bunch of Liverpool fans, and they're all no, he's way he, he's way better than Andy Carroll, bro. And he scored this last this weekend coming up last weekend and the weekend before. I, I think he's, he's money. Yeah, nah, Harlan, Harlan, Harlan is. Oh, okay, okay, but yeah, I guess yeah. Uh, but so, do you think this just a yes or no question? Do you think this was a terrible game for Liverpool? Five-two. That's it. That's the end of the season, unless they win for nothing at Real Madrid. But we both know it's not going to happen. Well, well, here it is. So. As far as the, it's the end of the season, I don't think so because uh, they can, they're only seven points out of fourth, which you guys are in fourth. So, and they have a games in hand on you guys, Spurs. So well, you could get caught. I, so. I think it doesn't look that way to me, but uh, let me. Yeah, yeah. You should, you, should, you should look because this is not the type of season for him to be like, just experiment with the future. He could catch you. You know what I'm saying? But also, when you see a score 5-2 Real Madrid over Liverpool, you're like, man, they got blown out. But here's the funny thing about these stats. Both teams had nine shots apiece. Liverpool had five on target. Real Madrid had six. Uh, Liverpool outpossessed them 52% to 48%. Passes were 5-5-5, five, five, 500, 555 for Liverpool, 527 for Real Madrid. Uh, Liverpool had 85% pass accuracy and Real Madrid had 85% pass accuracy. So this was a game where they got out-clinicalized as opposed to outplayed. Like, like the biggest stat in this game is the actual score, 5-2, which makes it look like Liverpool didn't do anything at home, but they actually played an even game head-to-head with Real Madrid, except Real Madrid was more clinical in a department that counts the most as far as goals. So this game probably is not as bad as the score indicates. But, you know, goals are the ultimate stat. So that's all I have to say about that. So where are you at in the table? Where are they at behind you? Yeah, you, you are correct. They're seven points behind. They still play. They still have to play you guys. They still have to play City and Arsenal. Uh, so, outside with the form they're showing this season, I'm not very optimistic about them making a run. Although it's possible. Listen, they're really, you know maybe this uh, them you know going out of the Champions League will make them more desperate to to get something out of the rest of the season. But I would I wouldn't bet on them. Yeah, they're pr- yeah. I'm, I'm, I might mix them up with the Chelsea situation. They definitely have a chance uh, outside shot. I would say where Chelsea has no chance. Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm, we'll get to Chelsea because Chelsea plays oh, yeah. Spurs this weekend, right? Yeah. But uh, let, let's just talk about. Did you see the real the Man City versus Leipzig game, and uh, in Champions League and. It, it, it's so funny, man. Pep style, like they come out, they dominate. They had yes. all the chances in the first half and they make it feel like Leipzig is on the road as opposed to them in the first half. And then in the second half, a complete turnaround. Like 
you know, in the first half, Man City get the goal, good goal by Mares, and you think, all right, Man City got this, but football's like a very funny game. And I kind of felt like this game wasn't over either. And in the second half, like Leipzig just got to play their type of football. And they attacked, uh, they opened the game up, they made the shit up and down, which is exactly what Pep didn't want. And, you know, over here in America, like before the game in the pregame, they highlight certain players, like usually one from each team. And in this game, they highlighted uh, Haaland because he's a goal scorer and they highlighted Guardiola because he's a defender. But the irony is the defender was the goal scorer in this match and put the ball in the back of the net and tied the game up. And now this is a winnable tie for for Leipzig when they come to uh, to play at Man City. Uh, what do you think of this match? Yeah, it reminds me a little bit, you know, of the time when Leipzig played uh, Tottenham uh, right before pandemic, and and nobody thought they can they can eliminate uh, Tottenham with Mourinho at the time, and they did. And, uh, and Timo Werner was the star of that team. You know, they have some some nice some nice pieces on that team, and. Uh, but I still don't think it's enough to beat City. I think City, uh, they're desperate to win the Champions League. And um, and I feel like uh, that's the missing piece for Pep. And he will go for it. So uh, he joked even that he'll play, I think, I saw on... Um, like, <laughs> yeah. He played nine strikers. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a weird season from the City. They're up and down. They're, they're Usually at this point of the season, they're they're unbeatable. They're pretty much a uh, way old machine. They sometimes start slow, but at this point of the season, they usually win every game. And, and now they're up and down. Uh, it's, a, it, it's a strange it's a strange year for them, especially uh, with them having Haaland. Everybody was saying that nobody will even come close to Man City. And, and, and yet they lost points to Nottingham. Now they, you know, they had problems with Leipzig. It's a, it's a little hiccup, you know, two, two games in a row. And, uh, and it's surprising to see from a Pep Guardiola team. Yeah, I think Pep made a mistake when he got rid of Sterling. Because, like, Sergio Aguero, he had no control over. Age took its toll. So you replace him with Haaland. But when you get rid of, when you bring in Jack Grealish and you spend that money for him and you're determined to not waste 100 million pounds, euros or dollars or whatever, it equals out to in each form of currency. Like even Sterling knew his days were numbered and he needed to get out if he wanted to get playing time, especially since the World Cup was coming up. But Sterling is that he gave you goals. You know, you can't, you replace the Aguero goals, but you didn't replace the Sterling goals. Like, you know, so before, you know, there was a scoring committee, especially last season, you you know, somebody was scoring the middle, somebody scored from the right, somebody scored from the left. Jack Grealish is getting better as a player, but he's not the natural goal scorer or not, a, not as natural a goal scorer as Sterling. And bringing him in for that money might have actually hurt that side of the pitch. You know, like you've improved with Haaland, but you've lost that balance of goals on the left side of the pitch. And it's taken a while for Grealish to like acclimate and he is getting better, but he doesn't have the goals that a Sterling's got 
Yeah, so, he, had, he had one really good game against Arsenal, <coughs> which was right. almost, looked like it looked like Grealish might turn it around. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, he didn't have a good game against us. Uh, Emerson Royale pretty much, uh, he made Emerson Royale to completely new player. He, he gave him confidence to, now he's one of the best players for us. Thanks to Grealish. Thank you, Grealish. So <laughs> the most maligned first player became one of the most beloved after that game. And, and now he's scoring goals and playing very, very well. Uh, so so that really thank you, Grealish, for that. But yeah, I agree. They they don't have Silva, they don't have Aguero, they don't have Sterling. They 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 miss some some of that from each each of those guys. Yeah, they yeah. miss a, a, a guy like Company, and they don't have that type of a guy either. You know, who is like a solid rock, the leader of the defensive formation. Fernandinho, another one. You know, they had those guys who were stalwarts, who were kind of uh, who were kind of. Uh, um, a little bit behind the radar, uh, playing absolutely key roles. And now they have a lot of good players, but I think they're not as dominant at their positions as those guys were. Not not as uh, dependable. Yeah, I still wouldn't sleep on City. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah, like they're too careful with the ball. Like in this game, like I noticed how they'd rather keep the ball than make that probing pass that could ask some questions of the Leipzig defense you know what i mean like 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 it goes so far down the pitch into the final third and be like and eh, now nah, let's just switch it and go around there it's like hey man make that pass make Haaland go for it and then there were some highlights in the pre-game show that showed where Haaland could actually make better runs and if he actually for the rest of the season starts to make those better runs. He likes to run on the outside of his defenders, but sometimes if he cut in towards the middle of the pitch, like he can get more passes from the right side of the pitch. So if he starts making those runs and like has options of the type of runs that he can make, you know, they're, they're, the amount of goals he has would go up even dramat- dramatically from where they're at now. So there are some improvements that they can make and they got Pep as a coach, so I believe they will make it. Like if Jamie Carragher is noticing these things, I'm sure, I'm sh- I'm sure Pep will at some point, and all that, that, the high IQ that all those players got. So I still worry about Man City, you know, as a as a team. But they got to take more chances. They got to risk losing the ball more. Yeah, they can't but be let, just holding on to it. But let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing Arsenal split, uh, except of the last game, which they won kind of, you know, luckily at the end, because otherwise they would probably uh, be in even more of a trouble than they are kind of right now. And with mm-hmm. City being consistent, number one, do you regret not winning more early in the season? Number two, do you still hope that you can win the title because of the other teams being inconsistent? I, I never went in this season expecting us to win the title. So, yeah, but neither Arsenal fans did. You know, it's, it's just the circumstances create the opportunity sometimes. Yeah, but... Nah. I, this is what... You said something earlier about the games that we lost at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. And those games at the beginning of the season like, are so pivotal in defining us because we had a great preseason and then we go in and we get hammered by two teams that are mid-level table teams, right? Hammered, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, 
At Bradford, that was Cameron for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and then I, th I think I, I think uh, what what did they Brighton beat us by even more than them? But I'm not sure. I got to go back. I, I've erased it from my memory. But what is important about that is how quickly we shifted our mindset to and went on a winning streak from those two losses, and that's very important because that's some shit that showed you at first that Ten Hag has instilled uh, uh, a mental shift in our players that we needed. And without those two losses, we might not have like made that shift. So I don't regret where we are now because we probably needed to lose those games and realize how serious this is to be as serious as we are now. And, and so, you know, how life is or football is like sometimes you need to like go through something to be something. So uh, I, I, I'll, I'll take that because we lost those two games and then the next game was Liverpool and you couldn't start the season with three losses. So we had to win. And the pressure of having to win, we dealt with it and won. And that's when shit started to click. So I appreciate those two first losses at the beginning of the season. And I, I don't regret losing those points and, you know, struggle makes you Bill's character. No, no. But, but the question was, do, do you still hope you can win the title? I don't think, I, I don't even think about the title, bro. All right. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that's healthy to be thinking about no title. Like we got two things to think about top four, which is another thing I didn't expect at the beginning of the season. Like, You know, I had this thing on a schedule that was way slower than this. So now I expect top four. Like I've raised my expectations to that, but I've not raised my expectations. In so I'll tell you. I'll tell you something. Because I'll tell you mm -hmm. something. You know, every season is different, right? And um, mm -hmm. you never know what circumstances will uh, will happen. And I, I remember Bill Simmons talking about the Boston Celtics team that last year nobody expected them to to even get to the finals or to get to the conference finals. And, uh, and, you know, they, they were on the run and they went to the finals and they were up to one. And, and it was a missed opportunity at the end of the day. And the people were saying, oh, yeah, you have time. You have two young leaders. You, you'll be in it next year or for the next four or five years. But you never know. There might be an injury. Then something right. might happen. Someone might get better. Someone might buy mm -hmm. a lot of players. And, and, and the time to win was actually that year, you know. So, so it could be the opportunity because Chelsea and Liverpool are or, or your coach might get caught cheating and you might lose him. Like something like that could happen. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, so, you know, like right now, Chelsea and Liverpool are clearly uh, in crisis and they might not be next year. Uh, City right. are inconsistent. Arsenal are, are kind of ahead of themselves. Uh, Tottenham, mm -hmm. obviously, is not going to win the title. So it could, be, it could be the year to go for it, you know? Could be the year. Uh, it, it could be the year. I ain't going front. Like, in the back of my mind, I'll be like, we in a title race. But in the front of my mind, I'm like, chill. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's going to be a point, maybe, like a few games up the road when I can't deny it. But I don't think we're there right now. And, and I think you're right about, like, you can't be in this thing. Like, at the beginning of the season, Arsenal did not think they were going to be in a title race, right? Mm -hmm. But now all the fans have accepted that they are. 
but one of the reasons why I don't think we're in a title race is even though we're just a few points behind Man City, the only reason why, like a few weeks ago, Arsenal was way ahead of, they were like, what, eight points ahead of Man City? Yeah. And then we were close to Man City. So people were like, United's in a title race. But the only reason why Man City was in the title race when they were eight points behind Arsenal is because they were the current champions and they've won it the last two seasons in a row. And we've seen them chase down Liverpool. So just because we're in proximity of Man City, it does not make us Man City. You know what I mean? Like they've proven, even though Arsenal was eight points ahead of them, that they could catch Arsenal. But we haven't. So to me, like, yeah, we're a few points behind Man City, and Man City's the team that everybody feels could catch Arsenal, but we don't have the credit in the bank to be called title chasers because we ain't done it. Man City has, and that's why they're in a title race with Arsenal, not us. Like, but that could also change. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you want to talk? You want? Let me just. I, I put out a tweet for anybody that has questions, right, for this episode. So let me just read off the questions, and we'll both answer them, and then we'll get to uh, to you dissing Chelsea hard, which is what you want to do. Um, I mean, not too hard because we still have to play the game. So I'll, I'll diss them. I would say I would I would dis, dis them accordingly to where they are, but I'm gonna wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not gonna over over this them, so it doesn't come oh. back. You know <laughs> so you don't get clipped up. All right, I feel you. So they are listen. Uh, they are kryptonite. They're they're unfortunately doing doing very well against Tottenham historically. So I have to be very careful what I say. Yes, please okay. continue. Yeah. So Oscar Starchild uh, says, "Who do you all think was the player of the match?" And he's like, question mark, De Gea. And uh, I disagree. I think Fred was a player of the match just because the amount of tackles he put in in the second half was bananas. And he scored the goal. And he was just, it was just a different guy. But the second half definitely made up for the first half. And I think Fred was a player of the match. Yeah. He was a player of that match. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I think he he has those games sometimes, and, and he became valuable part of the of the team. And I I believe in the you know he's he's the the guy who cannot be one of your five best players on the team, five most creative player of the team. But if he has the right players around him, he can be he can be uh, he can be a good piece. Yeah, and uh, Oscar Starchild also had another question: Is can y'all rate Ten Hag's time at Man United out of ten? Uh, by the way, just coming back to what you said, I think we have uh, we have a Fred type player on our team in Hoiberg, and I think they're both kind of very similar. That they cannot be the the top players on the team, but they're very important. They could be an important part of the team, but just how they fit into the whole team, you know. But they need they need better players around them, like the, like better talents around them because they they good in their feistiness and and fighting spirit and tackles and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I think Hoiberg's actually a better passer than Fred, 
but yeah, I, I, but but yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. And and finish it, yeah. So what do, what do you rate Ten Hag's time? Uh, nine. Nine. Yeah, I say nine right now because if it was if this was Monday and we just won the uh, game at Wembley on Sunday against Newcastle coming up, I'd be like ten because to this point it's a ten. Even with the losses, it's a ten. You know what I mean? Like, I don't remember. No, I, I, I'm not going to say that, but uh, I, I would say nine, nine because two. I want him to finish the season, so we can judge him on a finished season. You now, so I want, yeah. I want to see the finished product. Yeah, I would say nine because we expected we most fans and pundits had a certain level of achievement in mind, right? For this team in Ten Hag's first year. And he's overachieved that. So yeah, give him a nine for now. Today, nine. Today, nine. Now, this weekend, Premier League, we got Chelsea versus Spurs, right? Mm-hmm. Where are they playing at? I think they're play- we're playing at home, which playing makes me a little bit more confident. Let's make sure. Yeah, because so, the last game was at Chelsea was 2-2, the game when uh, Conte and uh, Tuchel uh, started uh, pushing each other. That was the first game. Uh, so we mm-hmm. played at Chelsea that game. It was 2-2, yeah. And, and yeah, they got into it, uh, Tuchel and Conte. So that's the revenge game. All right. So who you got, your Spurs fan? I think we're going to win this game, actually. I, I think we do. I think uh, Chelsea are in position where they didn't make a decision to change the coach. If they fired Potter and there was a new coach, I would be very, very uh, worried about that game because uh, I think they would respond to the news, new face in, in the locker room. I think everybody wants, uh, wants them to move on from Potter except of the, the guys who hired him. So he's still there. So I think we might actually fire him on the, in this game. I think, uh, I think Neil will actually, uh, for the first time in his life, uh, Happy, he'll be happy with us beating Chelsea and uh, getting Potter out of Chelsea. Yeah, it is the big. It's game just, this it's weekend. just not working. It's just not working. They're losing every game. So why would, why wouldn't we beat them? I mean, it's, it's a broken team. It's a completely broken team. It's, it's like when you have uh, a computer that is broken, or if you have a car that you know that you cannot start the engine. You know, you, you're not going to start the engine. Simple as that. You need a new car. You're saying Potter is a lemon. Like huh? Chelsea bought a lemon. Yeah. I Chelsea think bought a lemon they, from Brighton. They have to lose this game to move on, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like if, like last week was horrendous. You lost to the team at the bottom of the table at yeah. home. So now you're, this is a derby. And they lost, the they lost to Dortmund. And, and they lost to Dortmund in the Champions League. It's 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 going to be tough for Potter to survive this, but that's one of the reasons why I think they'll win. Even though I don't think Chelsea's season is going to get much better, like even Liverpool with Klopp, even though they're having this terrible season, they have those wins that make you feel like, okay, this is about to get turned around, and this is one of those moments on Sunday. But you know what's the difference, right? Liverpool had Klopp, who won so much. He's a hero. He's a he's an iconic figure, and he's the Mister Mister Successful. He's a he's a champion, right? Where uh, where Potter from day one, he's pretty much 
where people are questioning if he should be hired in the first place. And then it's a, it's a, it's the horrible, horrific run. And people are like, what the hell is he even doing there anymore? You know? And so, so it's a different position because the authority of uh, Klopp in Liverpool's locker room, the authority of uh, Potter in Chelsea's locker room, they're like com- a complete opposite. Yeah. I don't think he players even uh, listen to him anymore. Definitely fans. Yeah, yeah. The fans are definitely against him, but the, my, my point is not even that. My point is, it's like, do you think Chelsea's going to lose every game this season? No, I think on. they're going to lose this game and they're going to make a change. And they, it will, they will start playing better. And why do you think they're going to lose this game? Because we're, we're, not, we're a good team. We're, we're a good team and we're playing at home where we usually, uh, at home, we're better. Um, and uh, I think right now, most of the players are in form. Um, some players who were not very good in the first half of the season are playing better and uh, Kane will score and uh, Chelsea, they don't know who they want to play even, you know, like every, every, every game it's different type of players. Can they get a draw? Maybe, but, uh, but maybe it's, it's possible, but I, I think we'll beat them. I think we'll beat them quite easily, uh, which is not usually not the case with games against Chelsea, but I think, I think this particular game will, will be playing the team that is, uh, on the ropes and it's they're like they're like in a former heavyweight champion who is past their prime and he just got knocked two knockdowns and is barely seeing the opponent so we just need to put put the finishing touch and and knock, knock him out of his feet this is a funny game you know why it's a funny game because you said a few things that spark some shit in my head like if you beat them easily right mm-hmm. then he's fired. Like if you beat them like three nothing, excuse me, if you're coast, beat them three nothing, four nothing, he's fired. There's, there's no way to survive not getting fired at Southampton or this. But if they beat you, people are going to be start thinking, all right, he's, he has this new team and he had to figure it out and he's starting to figure it out. So we might, might kind of forgive him for those earlier blips since the transfer window because he has a new team. And we could, we could see what he's kind of doing. He had to learn his players. So this game could affect Potter both ways. It might buy him more time or completely kill all the time that he would have had to make it to the end of the season. So that's why it's a funny game. A draw would also buy him some time too. Because I don't know. I, don't know. I think I he's think- on the road. He's on the road to you guys with a team he hasn't figured out. And it's like, if they, don't, if they put in a draw, but like, all right, cool. But like, listen, I'm just saying it's a funny game because it can have those effects on Potter's career as Chelsea manager. But, you know. Now, the gut feeling is there's no way he's going to survive it. This team is at the last breath, you know. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I think, and I think, ironically, the majority of Chelsea fans would like that scenario to happen, that they're beating, that Tottenham wins easily and they're moving on and they start a new chapter. I think most of the Chelsea fans will actually like that better than... Do you, th- do you think, ta- you think uh, Pochettino has been sliding into Bowley's DMs? Here you go. That's a, good, that, that's, a really good, uh, that's a really good guess. I think that's a really good guess. And I'll tell you like, what. Hey, man, welcome to the Premier League. Yeah. I like what you're doing. Uh, those are some good buys. 
you know, I, you know, I wish I'd some. I wish I'd worked with an owner like you. Good luck with your team. I like Grand Potter. Uh, you know, but yeah, man. You know, this is my number. Just in case you need to reach out to me and and uh, ask any questions. I'm single right now. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, you know. You know, I, I, you know, I might even come to a game and just check y'all out to see what y'all doing. But uh, you, you, you know, you're you're beautiful. Uh, you know, I love the suits you wear and your enthusiasm for the team. XXO, Pochettino. The best player of Chelsea this season, Thiago Silva, played under Pochettino. Mm. The guy they're linked with very heavily. Today, more rumors online. <laughs> 75 million, 75 million pounds. I don't know how it works with the fair play situation. I've lost track a long time ago. <laughs> 500 million uh, pounds ago, I lost track. So now <laughs> they're, they're willing to spend another 85 for Neymar who was coached by Pochettino at PSG. So, yeah, it kind of all works together, to be quite honest with you. It's, it, it, it makes sense, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what, uh, what, what, what Chelsea needs. Another 10 and no 9. Like, that, 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 that would be crazy for them to spend all that money next summer for Neymar, a player they don't need, who ain't going to hustle, who's uh, sliding towards the end of his prime but like it, it it's a fun rumor online but i don't know how true it's, that it's is it's more than a rumor I, apparently it's all, all set mm -hmm. up already it's apparently it's, it's a done deal man i gotta talk to neil about this see how we yeah. feel because the rumor was like, like a month ago. Now, now apparently that's a done deal yeah all right that, that's a big mistake like, like you're just spending money right now you're just throwing money at all the strippers at the club as soon as you walk in the door. And, yeah. and so by the time you get to the, to the back of the strip club and see the stripper that you're really in love with, you ain't even going to be able to afford her. You have no nothing left. And that's, that's like an, an amateur's first trip to the strip club. That's how Bowley is acting right now if he does this. Like, see everything first and see what you really like and then spend your money accordingly. But... Uh, Bill, Bill Simmons, who I like to quote because I like to listen to his podcasts, has a very good word for it. It's called the new owner syndrome. It works in, in American leagues a lot. You know, like when someone buys mm -hmm. it, wants to uh, spend money like crazy to get stars. I mean, that's what he's doing. Right. Yeah. It's not a... <laughs> I guess that's how most relationships start out. Like, yeah. take the both couples spend money and take each other everywhere and then you know, like once they get comfortable i mean yeah I, I forget that analogy i don't know what the hell i was saying but uh yeah let's that sounds legit like new owner syndrome we'll see they will, they will so, figure it out they will figure it out at some point maybe a year from now two years from now that they, they, they have too many too much money and too much talent on this team. They will figure it out, but I don't think they will. I think the part of figuring out will be them losing to Tottenham and firing Potter. Yeah. Well, I think this is a perfect temperature for Pochettino. Like, like he ain't coached in a minute and it's a young team. He's used to like, he's coaching the Premier League before. He's been to a Champions League final and he's good at bringing young players up and and succeeding in this league with young players, but he's just never had an owner that was willing to spend money 
But he's looking at bowling like, damn, if I could just, this would be perfect for me. And Pochettino could finally like win something in England with an English team. So, and he's just got more experience than Pato and more respect, you know, because he's coached Messi, Neymar, Mbappe. He's won, he's got titles now. You know, it's not the Pochettino that left England without any titles. He's got titles now. You know, so yeah, this is perfect for him. And coach players will, all those young players, they'll believe in him. You know, and they'll they'll give their all. So, yeah. All right. Anything else you want to talk about before we just wrap this up? Ah, uh, not sure. I think MLS uh, starts new season. I think uh, LAFC will play Galaxy this weekend. I think that that's the game. Uh-huh. So, what day? I think on Sunday. You wanna you wanna pull up? Maybe. Hey, let's let's because I was gonna plug this. I'm in Houston tomorrow, February 24th. I got one show at the Secret Group, and that's on Friday night. And then I'll be back in LA Saturday. So if you're in Houston or you know somebody in Houston, tell them to come to my show. But I'll be back Saturday. No, it's actually Saturday. The game is Saturday, six thirty. What time? Six thirty. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, Ed Galaxy. Earth. It's Ed Galaxy. Oh, oh. I st- we can still go. Yeah, we can. Because I, I, I know a dude. So we could still go. Let, let, let's think about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we could ch- probably go check that out. And uh, go see the Pugh. champions. I'm looking forward to see Ricardo Pugh. <laughs> no, he's a baller. He's a baller. I, yeah, I like it. He, he balled out last time. You went with me to see them, right? No, 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 no. We went to see an LFC different game. Oh, that was Francisco. He went with me to the Galaxy game, the playoff game. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, maybe we'll check that out. But, yeah, I guess this is it, fam. Uh, everybody out there watching, uh, we love you. Be good. Be careful out there. Be good to each other. Let's all try to make this world a better place. Uh, Manchester United fans, great fucking job today. Manchester United as a team. Great fucking job today. Congratulations. And uh, we'll see you all next podcast. One. All right.